My beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, it's been quite a week as we lost another uh, priest in our eparchy, a dear friend of mine, uh, Monsignor George Vida. Monsignor George was actually from the Archeparchy of Pittsburgh, and he was a Ukrainian, like our uh, Hungarian, excuse me, like our, our, like our deacon. But he built a magnificent church, Pittsburgh, outside of Pittsburgh and Homestead, called St. Elias. Gorgeous church. I wish I could bring it home. Anyway, and uh, we have a few of his mementos. The icon in the back he sent here of St. Elijah, that was from him, a gift to our parish from him when we were our, a mission and we were under the, the patronage of the holy prophet Elijah. And also, I learned to acquire these Rapidian fans. He built a church, and when I was there for, um, in the seminary, I was assigned to that parish, and the wonderful priest there was replacing them because they were dilapidated, the finish had worn off, and he bought new ones. And I saw them sitting there, and I go, what are you going to do with those? He says, why, do you want them? I said, yes. I have a church I would like to build, and hoping still to do one day up north, and I could put them there. Well, I looked at them carefully once I got them back to the, my room in the seminary, and I noticed the icons were hand-painted. And I thought, oh. So I packed them up, spent a fortune to send them out here. And when I got back here, then I had them refurbished at the silversmiths. And he says, I've worked on a lot of these here in the Northwest. He goes, but this is the nicest set I've ever seen. And he told me what the value was worth once he finished the, the plate, gold plating and all. And so I had to let our insurance company know. Uh, so, but anyway, he picked those out. And so he was always very happy that they were in our church. And we gave him a special place. Uh, then he came out here when St. John Paul II established our eparchy. Uh, at that time, the eparchy of Van Nuys, now of Phoenix. Uh, he along with uh, Monsignor Michael Moran and a few others, came out to, to put the eparchy together, you know, put an office together, a chancery, and do all those things. So that's how we ended up out here. But he had a lot of history. He knew a lot of history, and he had been a priest for many years. And I spent a lot of time listening to him and the other senior priests in our eparchy and when I was in Pittsburgh, because they have so much knowledge and experience that they have gained to share with us. And so I listened very carefully, and I wish I could remember half of what they taught me. They were handing on what they had received to my generation. On Monday, we buried our sister Teresa in Cleolum, and there was a magnificent man there. His name was Wesley. He was 83 years old, and he was the grave digger and the caretaker of the cemetery. As well as I found out later, he owned a mountain, and he liked to dig for gold, because there's gold over in that area. He would dig the, the holes by hand. He told me, I had all week to dig, so I just took my time, dug a little bit each day. And at the end of the service, I said thank you, and I got to visit with him a little bit, and I took his hand to shake him, and he grabbed mine, and I didn't want to let it go. It was a man filled with joy, a man that had gone through a lot. He told me, God is not through with me. I fell and broke my neck in two places, broke two vertebrae. He goes, but I'm still here, so God still has plans for me. 
And I just could have sat on the porch and had a Coke with him and talked all afternoon, or actually listened to his story. But that's not what I'm here to share with you about about him. What was happening is, while we were filling in the hole, after Teresa was lowered down, there was a couple men and three boys, you know, young adults. And you could tell uh, that they hadn't really used shovels much. One was, had a real strong back, and he was a hard worker. And I noticed Wesley watching what was happening and come over finally to help one of them. Because there was spade shovels and scoop shovels, and they really didn't know how to use one or the other and what the purpose was. So Wesley took it from one of the young men and showed him how to use a scoop shovel. Showed him how to use the tool in such a way that he could move the greatest amount of dirt with the least amount of energy. So you could accomplish a lot more work. And then he handed it back. And while they continued on, I came up to Wesley and grabbed him by the arm and says, you're teaching the next generation. And he says, somebody's got to. Somebody's got to teach the next generation. Our Lord has been teaching his apostles through words and actions Signs and wonders trying to get them to understand that that He is the incarnate Word of God, that He has come for the salvation of the entire human race. And He just performed this mighty wonder of His transfiguration. And He was just coming down the mountain where we pick up the story in our pericope today. He comes down the mountain, we get a little fuller picture from St. Mark, that he was met by a large crowd and there was a lot of talking going on and Jesus asked, what's going on? And the father of this boy says, my son is possessed by a demon. It oftentimes throws him into the fire, into the water. You would think it would kill him. But if you can do anything, please do. And Jesus says, what a faithless lot you are. How long must I endure you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus' disciples asked privately after he had cast out the demons, why couldn't we do it? Because of your lack of faith, Jesus says. St. John Chrysostom will say, I believe they were filled, the apostles, were filled with anxiety and fear because they had lost the grace that they had been entrusted with. Because they had been given the power to cast out devils. Remember earlier on when they were commissioned and Jesus sent them out, they came back praising God, saying, Master, even the demons are subject to us in your name. But suddenly, they couldn't do anything. What changed? What happened? Maybe you and I have been going on in our lives and we're been going on and things have been going great and suddenly we can't seem to break through. We can't seem to get through the same cycle of sin that we're working on over and over again. We were doing so well and all of a sudden we've hit a block wall. But I believe Jesus, but we can't get any farther. But I believe in Jesus, but we can't get any farther. What's happened?
Jesus tells them the tools they need. Archimedes, a Greek mathematician who died in a roughly 212 BC, physicist, he said, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum to rest it upon, and I shall move the world. Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum to set it upon, and I shall move the world. If you've ever worked with those tools, you will know that if you want to get a big rock out of the hole, you need a long metal bar. And then you need something to push the, pull the bar against, a fulcrum, something sturdy, something solid, then you can lift something heavier than yourself. Give me a lever long enough, and I have fulcrum to put it upon it. I can move the world. Jesus tells them what the lever and fulcrum is that they need to advance in their faith. He says, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. Now, we've heard this gospel many times. But we have to question ourselves, if I, am I praying with the conviction that my prayers have efficacy, that my prayers really engage with God, that my prayers really have a power to move mountains? Am I praying with that conviction? Or am I just saying words? Am I just filling space and time? Or am I doing it with a purpose? I told my employees when they're out there working in something and you can see they're really not into it, I said, I'd say, do it with a purpose. Grab that shovel, that hammer, whatever's, and do it like you mean it. Don't just play. And the same with our prayers. Are we doing it with purpose? And the realization that it has a profound effect not only our lives and our relationship with God, but our relationship with one another and our relationship with the world. But the lever won't work so well if we don't have a solid fulcrum and we need fasting. And we don't like to fast. Our bodies just can't stand it. But we have to do it. But are we doing it with purpose? Are we doing it with conviction that this really has power and an effect in my lives? It has a power and effect in the lives of those around me. Do I realize and have the conviction that I can fast for somebody? That I can fast for not just myself, for my own personal self-control, but for salvation of another? These tools will help raise our faith, will help strengthen us, and give us the means to move and grow in our relationship with Christ. Because if we don't learn to use these tools, we will be like those young men who worked very, very hard, but moved very little dirt. Their intentions were good but they didn't know how to move it correctly. But once they learned, the hole got filled pretty quick. And the same is in our relationship with God. Now Jesus was teaching the apostles. And the apostles, through the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, would learn and understand who Jesus is and share it with the next generation. 
And now it has come down through the centuries to you and I. And we are to pass it on. As Wesley says, somebody's got to teach them. But somebody's got to teach them who knows how to use the tools. It's not just enough to say, I believe. We have to put action into those words. And we can move great, great obstacles through a long enough, with a long enough lever and a solid fulcrum to place it upon. Let us now be like Wesley. He taught the next generation how to use the shovels. But you and I are called to teach the next generation of how to grow in their faith and how to put their faith into practice, and how to make it powerful, efficacious, heart-changing. This is what the gospel is calling to us today. This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting, in that it strengthens our faith, and with faith we can move mountains.